and we are live. Good to see you today, my EOS podcast friends. Today, I have Eugene from EOS Tribe. We just saw each other at the EOS World Expo, and uh, Eugene's been digging into some of these security breaches. We just recently had one of the most advanced phishing attacks on EOS, and there is it's just no better time than now to hear about what's going on with hacks and how people are losing their money so that uh, everyone can stay safe. So, uh, Eugene brought this up at the show or at the uh, EOS World Expo that we needed to get this info out there. So, um, Eugene, great to have you on the show and go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you, uh, Eugene. I'm a you know, co-founder of EOS Tribe. Uh, we, from the very beginning of EOS you know, community, we were part of EOS community working on the mainnet launch. Uh, participated in kind of formulating security standards, you know, for BP and uh, have been active in the community as BP as well as, you know, contributing development uh, and, you know, different tools for, you know, uh, for different, you know, operations for BP and also for end users. Well, uh, great to have you back on the show. I think this may be the third or even fourth time I've had you on the show. So um, it's a pleasure to have you back. And, you know, interestingly enough, one of the first times that uh, I talked to you was during the mainnet launch. They were um, considering launching with some faulty code that could have been, you know, opened up the mainnet for some big attacks. And you were part of um, redirecting that. So um, good to have you on here again talking about things that are of big importance to the chain. So, um, yeah, what was it that spurred you to want to get this message out about how to people to keep, how for people to keep their EOS safe? Yes, you know, we have seen a number of, uh, you know, attacks and phishing attacks in particular on EOS. Unfortunately, you know, some token holders have lost uh, value, unfortunately, you know, and some, the amount of uh, hacks and money stolen that we are talking about are in the order of millions, oh, wow. unfortunately. And we also witnessed one of the most advanced uh, hacks uh, recently. It, it was, uh, you know, many have heard about this uh, phishing attack related to fake uh, Telos. Basically, what hackers did, they, there is a Telos sidechain of EOS, right? And many of you are aware uh, that if you have some EOS, you get a corresponding amount of uh, Telos tokens on, you know, on Telos chain. But what hackers do sometimes, they kind of use a, they use a technique when they pose as a legitimate website. In that case, they created a clone of Telos. And they were sending, uh, you know, messages to end users uh, and token holders, say, you know, asking them to claim their Telos. Uh, but in fact, there was never a claim involving Telos because it's a separate sidechain. Um, but people kind of follow that. It's 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 this fight, right? Internal, like because the cryptography is strong on EOS, so it's hard. It, you cannot hack the private key unless you just give it away. So the easiest way to obtain a private key is to convince you to give it away. <clears throat> so us humans, we are the weakest link when it comes to security and you know blockchain. It's not what and what. Usually what we see in terms of hacks are people are just being fooled uh, into giving away their private key. 
In that case, they post as a legitimate website, because domain name looked very similar, they just changed it slightly, and they just asked, you know, they created a claim form where you had to submit your private key, and many, you know, token holders fell for it. And once they put their private key, what effectively hackers did, they just changed your private key on your account, and they get the full control of your account, and you lose control of your account. And then they were able to move funds and do whatever they want. And there are actually two iterations uh, in this hack, interestingly enough, because when we noticed it, uh, we had some people and token holders coming forward and contacting us about this hack, right? And what we did, we used our Elasticsearch database to find all the transactions and all the accounts that were contacted by scammers. And we sent alert messages to all accounts claiming this is fraud, you know, don't, don't believe them, don't, you know, don't provide your private key. Uh, we sent it in English and Chinese and Korean, I believe. Then what hackers did, right, I have to give them credit, uh, was somewhat smart. They created an account which looks just like ours. They have moved uh, their website to a new domain now, in exactly the same website. Um, and they started sending messages from an account which just looked similar to ours. It was like Eostripe alert with, you know, one character difference. Uh, saying, yes, this is fraud, go to this website now, right? Wow. And claim it here. And then what also they did, they were no longer asking for your private key on a form, but they used, they handcrafted a transaction and popped it up in a scatter, which is a web plugin um, many people are familiar with and they use to integrate with, you know, websites and approve transactions, so they form a transaction which effectively changes your private key to theirs. Oh, wow. And all you had to do was to approve that transaction. And oh, wow. usually people don't inspect what transaction was doing it exactly. And so there was, there was a second, much more, you know, technologically advanced way to steal private key effectively. And some people fell for that as well. So... So what that what that transaction say in it? Because I know that scatter those um, transactions when you inspect them. I mean, they are semi-human readable. Did was there a clue in there that someone that's not techie could have seen, or do you know what it said? Um, I don't have an example in front of me. Uh, by the time I was recording my podcast, my you know video, the website was already taken down. Mm -hmm. uh, but this, what I can say that Scatter have made an improvement since that hack, and they have actually added an alert. So if you're changing your private key on your account, you will actually get an additional alert, like you're changing your key, I assure you, you wanna do this, right? So uh -huh. you get prompted. So we as a community, we learn from our lessons, you know, and um, we make, we take measures, and that's what I like about communities, that we keep communicating and sharing knowledge on what have happened. But I've been in contact with several victims, and it's been ongoing case, you know, legal, um, some legal criminal cases uh, filed. Um, 
I know one in Spain, or at least two victims in the US that I have confirmed. Um, I talked to one victim who lost, as he claimed, 300,000 EOS. Oh, wow. That hack alone. Uh, so do the math, right? Um, wow. And based on my research, also, it seems like the hackers are originating from Ukraine. I'm 99% sure, because that's where the first registry was. You know, it's based in Kiev, Ukraine, and we have contacted them as well. But it's very hard on the blockchain. It's basically Wild West, right? Um, and there is more freedom, but with that freedom, there is more risk as well. So if you make a mistake, and you know, most likely you will not be able to recover the funds. And so the funds lost are funds lost. And hackers were, you know, they knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. and we as a community, and we have to continue to educate talking holders. And EOS has great security built in, you know, into account, into permissions. I know that by default, many EOS accounts have the same key for owner and active. But as a best practice, and I, I can't stress it enough, those should be separate, right? If you have the same key for your owner and active, you should change your active key to be separate. You never use your owner key. You lock it in a safe, you know, on a USB stick, or, you know, put it in a safety deposit box. You never use it unless you have an emergency, unless somebody actually steals your active key or it gets compromised. So you only use your owner key to update your active key. So in case when you had a hack and your account active key was stolen, if your active key was separate from your owner key, you could actually get it back by using your owner key to change your active key back to ones that you control, right? And if they are the same, you don't have that flexibility, you don't have that you know, um, ability to change it. And even though if hackers steal your funds from your account, you can at least get your account back. You can get it you know, under your control. So in that scenario, we're talking about the reason, the, the active key can basically do everything except for change the owner key. Perfect. And the owner key can do everything the active key can do, but the owner key can actually update uh, can change the active key, so it can you can take power back from someone if they've if they've taken your account. Um, now, so the so the ultimate security then would be to uh, to have your EOS staked and have an alert from something like EOS Authority, because hypothetically, what would happen is if your active key was compromised, you'd see someone unstake your tokens, and you'd have three days. Hopefully, you catch days. Exactly. yeah, hopefully you'd yeah. catch so it with an alert. Mm -hmm. That's the best practice. Have most of your EOS locked and staked. Mm -hmm. uh, keep your owner key offline in cold storage, uh, whichever way you prefer. Uh, use your active key in a daily transactions. Mm -hmm. And if you have any suspicions that your active key is compromised, you can go and fetch your owner key and change your active key. And that is just the best practice. And um, so we at Eostripe, we were busy, you know, doing some development. This crypto winter, that's what I call, you know, our crypto winter mm -hmm. corresponded with the real uh, winter. 
and we uh, currently we are launching iPhone wallet. I just would like to briefly mention about it because you know we spend significant you know effort in developing it, making it really user friendly. Built, you know, having built-in security, we have uh, implemented you know um, secure cryptographic uh, encryption built-in. It's a native wallet uh, for iPhone, uh, written in Swift. So we are just in the process of releasing it. It's already available on test flight, but we plan to use it as a platform going forward for building kind of almost like a password, uh, like a last pass for blockchain, you know, to keep your keys, not just, uh, we believe we have a solution for a security. Um, and the idea is basically distributing your private key. So never keeping your uh, whole private key in your wallet, so, you know, if it's compromised, but actually breaking it into pieces. And we have, um, we have a technology that allows you to sign transactions using just the fragments of private key and you know, doing it in parallel. And those can be distributed. Some can be on the cloud, some can be on your device, but never we assemble that private key as one piece. So by doing this, we actually remove ability for hackers to steal because there is no, nothing to steal you know so private keys never assembled together so you know we are working on some solutions because we believe solving this private key management uh, and security will be a big step forward for you know increasing adoption uh, because there is a lot of hesitance among just regular people uh, who comes on blockchain, they see a lot of risk associated with managing your own uh, account and private keys. And, you know, rightfully so, we have plenty of examples why, you know, it's, and people who are not technically savvy, you know, they're somewhat hesitant, right? They trust maybe exchanges to hold their cryptos for them rather than managing private key. And if we make it secure and transparent and bulletproof, and hacker proof, we can, you know, we can have more adoption. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so w with your, with your wallet that you're, you're saying it's hoping to be like last pass for, um, so we'll be able to store our keys securely. Now, what would a hacker, hypothetically speaking, what would a hacker have to do to piece together that key? How is that? Even if it's not possible, what, what, what makes it not possible? Can you explain a little bit more about that? So the idea is at a high level, we would keep, and this is just work in progress, right? Like mm -hmm. currently we just keep encrypted private key on your device in a wallet, just like any other wallet would do. But for a next release that we are working on, uh, we have a technology where we can break your key into fragments and keep just one fragment on your device. And this is optional. You can choose to use this technology or not, right? And use other fragments to be stored in encrypted form on a, you know, on, in a secure cloud, on, you know, on the backend, and they're shuffled together. So like not even us able to assemble it into one key, but you have an ability to, to sign your transactions using this distributed private key. And also 
you would be able to, if you lose your private key, to restore it. The idea is not to, to get it done, not just for EOS, but create a universal last pass for any uh, private key for any blockchain. So if you want, if you have Bitcoin private key or, you know, Ethereum, you would be able to back it up effectively. Yeah, that makes sense. Just in, in general security, I know that a lot of people use LastPass, and the thought there is that if you have one really good password uh, that's that's secure, then you can secure all your other passwords. What are what are some attack vectors that people might not realize about LastPass in general? Probably the biggest one. It's one company in one central database. If anything happens to that company, let's say. For whatever reason, a government comes tomorrow and shuts them down. Mm-hmm. Maybe your data is not compromised, but you don't have access to it. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So if there's, if there's people out there, that if you're storing your private keys just in LastPass, for example, then you're taking a risk of if LastPass goes down, your private keys disappear. So maybe your money won't get stolen, but you could lose it. Yeah. So effectively... We are looking for ways to store it securely in a distributed manner and not centralized. So you have an ability to recover it, but it cannot be compromised. That's an ideal solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I actually got hacked uh, about, it was about a year ago now, but, um, but like you were saying, the human um, attack vector is the one that you can't really do much about. So you have to, on your end, you have to be really careful. I was, I got SIM attacked. There was a guy that was traveling around to uh, crypto conferences, uh, getting people's cell phone numbers off business cards and things like that. But then um, what happened to me was they called Verizon and then they pretended to be me and they just talked their way through the uh, representative and basically got the representative without my, much of my information to um, switch my whole cell phone over to you know, there's their new SIM card and then um, kind of went through all my accounts through there. But uh, luckily I got just a little bit ahead of them and stopped my, you know, any of my funds being transferred. I had some funds on Binance at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, it's a, you know, getting hacked is a helpless feeling and uh, even, even more helpless in crypto because uh, once your funds leave that account, you know, it's not, it's not like chasing down a bank robber or something where there's somewhere to, some way to catch them. It, you know, if it, if it leaves that account, it's, it's a sad moment. Um, so. And it's a funny feeling because you also see, you know, you see all the transactions, you see where they're going, you know, it's all on a blockchain, fully transparent, but you just don't know who stands behind it. Right. So that's. Yeah, that's, 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 it's definitely important. It's, it's something to put in a lot of work on the front end. So you don't have that because, uh, you know, once, once you get hacked, there's just all these thoughts of things that you should have done already where, you know, where, so it's, uh, it's important for people to get that message. If you're somehow not secure, if you don't have your, uh, owner and active key separate, if you have your keys stored on your computer, if you, uh, you know, don't have them, uh, printed out and saved. I have mine printed out and saved um, somewhere safe. I think that's, you know, for me, that feels the best. Um, you know, all those precautions need to be taken. So um, wh- what's kind of, what other big mistakes do you see people make or what other big um, red flags are there for people's security? Well, sometimes it's not just hackers, but, you know, often 
it's just information lost. So, for example, just as a warning, if all your private keys are on the same machine, maybe on your laptop, right? I mean, they may be encrypted and everything, but if they're in one place on your hard drive, if you drop your laptop or something happens to it, you lose it, um, you want to have backups, right? So it's important. And I think you pointed out, it's just, you know, per perfectly uh, example, when you take your owner key and you just print it on a paper and deposit in an envelope, in a sealed envelope, in your, like safety deposit box in your bank and, and just have it there as a backup if anything happened, right? Like a um, nuclear explosion, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. all electronics goes out, um, you still have a copy of it, um, but you, and just use your active key as your everyday key. Um, and uh, to print out private keys, uh, are there things, places not, I mean, so for me, for example, I don't have a printer at my house. So what I did was I um, cut and pasted my private key into a, uh, a notepad and then put a text file into a USB drive and then took it somewhere to print out. But uh, I was nervous just paste, cutting and pasting it to a notepad, even though I didn't save it. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like how far can how do people protect themselves as far as getting their private key from their computer to print it out? Or what are some mistakes people can make right there? Well, probably safest way to print it. If you have your own printers that you control physically, right. And you just plug in your, um, uh, you just plug in your, uh, cable and print it out directly from your computer. It's probably the safest way because if you go to like FedEx, Etc. You don't know if they keep a you know cache of lost print jobs, etc., and somebody will see it. Or it's always a risk, right? So um, just keep it as isolated from the rest of the world as you can possibly do it. And it's it, it's kind of common sense. Um, it's like having your master key for for your home, which opens every single door. Mm -hmm. uh, you you know you you want to keep it in a safe place and you know, have one copy under control yeah that makes sense what do you think about using um like throwaway accounts that that seems to be the thing that makes me not not throwaway accounts but just i have uh multiple eos accounts and i use them for like games and things like that and they have a, a minimal amount of eos in them and that seems to make me feel the safest i have my account with the majority of my eos in it and it doesn't come online for much for anything except to just get um is that is that a uh, pretty secure way to do things you think i think it's a it's it's a good practice uh and i'm kind of following similar pattern uh this way you limit your risk you only keep a limited amount of eos on your you know accounts that you use so you you only risk just a you know, small amount so you don't use a big account um that's kind of yeah that's that's a good that's a good approach i've also heard of people um splitting their main account up into maybe five or six different main accounts to to d diversify their uh diversify themselves um that seems i yeah i don't know that seems like to me that 
maybe more chance of losing one of them. And you know, I don't know, but uh, yeah. What have you heard of people doing that? Or what do you think about that? Are you talking about like a multi-sig, creating a multi-sig? No, having, um, just having multiple, like if say you had um, 100 EOS and so you split it up into five accounts with 20 EOS in each account. That way, if you did lose an account, it's not all in one place. It's, you know, it's probably going a little bit overboard. I would not uh, worry too much about, you know, risking 100 EOS in one account. Um, it well, gets 100,000, yeah. <laughs> like if, if it was 100,000, that would be a separate uh, topic. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, each account in EOS, you know, it requires some maintenance. You need to stake certain amount for resources. You need to buy RAMs, so they're operational. So it, it, it involves certain, you know, maintenance steps. So you want to keep it under control, kind of, you know, keep a number of accounts that you can manage. Um, yeah. Something I wanted to mention, uh, EOS New York is actually is coming out with a um, hardware wallet that I'm personally excited about. I think it's a, it's a big step forward in terms of security and adoption for end users. Uh, and so that's, I'll be looking forward to seeing it as well. So I just wanted to mention it to the community. If, um, yeah, the Metro, that'll be, that's great to see them coming out with that. That'll be huge. Absolutely. Yeah, because I use a Ledger Nano S myself, but I'm excited to try Metro. It seems to be much more uh, usability friendly because mm -hmm. the Ledger is not as, you know, not as trivial to use, you know, to sign transactions. Mm -hmm. Many people are aware. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think of uh, the, the the so that's what you use right now? What do you use for for phone wallets until yours comes out? What's your what's your, what do you think the most secure phone wallet is right now? So I um, I like Meet One wallet. Mm -hmm. Probably was one of my f uh, favorite. All wallet is you know I. I don't really compare like Meet One versus uh, wallets that we are releasing because Meet One is somewhat designed differently. It's designed more towards you know using of uh, different dubs and it's great for that. So I really like it. You can still manage your account. We designed our wallet to be basically like a you know Apple traditional Apple, very streamlined, just providing. Uh, tools you need to manage your account. So for example, you can see balances of all your tokens. We support EOS, Verbly, Telos, and Boss, uh, all four chains. Um, we might add Meet One, but they already have a great wallet. Uh, then you can stake and stake, you can vote for block producers, which actually I don't see very much in other wallets for whatever reasons, but I believe voting is important and we should you know, uh, put this tool into end user token, you know, token holders' uh, hands because we always complain about people not being very active in voting, but then we need to provide some of these great tools to use it. Once you have it in, many people are afraid to vote, many people are kind of hesitant to use a web wallet. Even so, I believe Scatter is great and it is secure, but many people are still kind of hesitant uh, to use a web wallet. So 
people are much more accepting to use a wallet which is on their device and they control it physically, right? As the key is stored, encrypted on a device that never leaves the device. Um, so you can you can you can vote. You can also um, you know obviously send transfers, and we we also have Chintai built in. So that's the only DApps that we support in our vote is Chintai leasing, because I believe it's important for end users. They don't want to just hold EOS. They want to make you know money and interest. And Chintai is my favorite uh, DApp. So we wanted to support it in our wallet. And you are able to lease it directly from your wallet without going on a website and you know, using that. Yeah, <clears throat> Shintai is fantastic for sure. What do you think of, uh, we got the Rex coming up and uh, Rex staking. What do you think the fundamental differences for people be between Rex and Shintai are? I'm actually, so I'm excited about Rex. Uh, it still remains to be seen uh, what dynamics will be, but I'm all for competition, right? So I see Chintai and Rex both solving the same problem of you know renting resources and people token holders making interest on you know um, on their tokens. So it remains to be seen. Uh, I'm you know I'm excited about Rex. It it will be a great um, great resource for the community um, and we will see how it develops I think it will be good you know yeah it'll, I'm, I'm really excited to see too and I guess that's that's I was hoping you knew what the what the differences were but it does remain to be seen that's one of the things I'm really excited about to see uh, kind of what the tokenomics are like how where how much uh, you know one of the things about Rex is they're talking about having been some of the funds from other places filtered into Rex, so maybe give some some decent returns there. Um, so, and the possibility of why uh, being able to control your keys or have your EOS staked and lease it out is really interesting to me because I'm I'm nervous to uh, not have my EOS staked. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that how that pans out. Um, but I, I think I, it will make resources um, less expensive. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, both Chintai and um, Rex, you know, users will be making less interest. That's just economics 101, right? More supply, uh, you know, cheaper supplies. So we will probably make less in interest than we used to just using Chintai. But it will benefit ultimately DOPS developers because it will make resources cheaper for DOPS. And I'm all for supporting more DApps on EOS blockchain because ultimately it will increase the value of EOS through more, you know, participation and users coming on on chain. Yeah, that's true. If you play that a little further, if the resources are cheaper for the for the DApps to build with, then that then we keep more DApps possibly on the main chain well as well, which is uh, a nice benefit for the token. Um, you know, until we see how things play out with IBC and things like that. But um, a lot of projects have had to, the bigger projects have built their own side chains, you know, like Wax and uh, Eva and just off the top of my head, you know, a couple that have built their own side chain just because it's so resource intensive um, intensive and actually, sorry, sister chains they've built. Mm -hmm. So um, 
So yeah, I mean, it'll slow that down if, if resources become abundant. So it, yeah, it all, it all benefits itself. Yeah, it will create less incentive. You know, it's not long ago that RAM was skyrocketing in price. And you remember those days, right? Mm-hmm. There was, enough, you know, it, there was an incentive to start sidechain for new projects. Mm-hmm. Now it will be less, you know, less so because it, it, it takes resources to start a new chain. You need to support it. You need block producers to support it. And we kind of had an explosion of sidechains. I mean, they're all great um, and they solve the kind of, you know, variations of uh, EOSIO code and different rules. So I like those as kind of a, as an evolution, but we don't, we kind of want to control it. We don't want it to get out of hand uh, in terms of there are only, we as a block producer, we currently support besides EOS, we support four side chains currently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we are onboarding two more but there are only so many we can support. Just <laughs> 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 an infrastructure. So, I mean, I like there is less incentive for um, side chains. And so we don't have this erosion of value, right? We want to have more dubs coming on EOS and value of EOS grow as a, as a main kind of a root chain, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, I, I like the evolution that we're going through so far. Yeah, there's been a, since uh, EOS basically launched into Crypto Winter, um, but since Crypto Winter started and the mainnet launched, um, EOS has just done such amazing things. I mean, the, just thinking back a year ago and everything that's happened since then, I mean, it's outrageous. I'm, I'm, this is close to the 80th episode of the EOS podcast, and it's been going a year now. And just, I kind of like spun back through all the episodes and it's just, there's so much going on that I talk to people for two hours and still have a hard time remembering like what their project was about. I mean, that's how much has been happening in the last year. It's just, um, you know, it's amazing. I'm personally, I'm no longer able to keep up with all the projects that are happening on, on EOS and all the different sister chains. And it's probably a good sign, you know, and we are busy with our own projects. And if we are not able to keep up with all the projects, it means there are so many of them. And there is really an explosion of dubs. And the last year's World Expo in San Francisco was a good demonstration of how many projects I have learned about, you know, uh, interesting projects that are happening right now. And like, I, I'm sure there are many more that I'm not aware, and it's it's a good sign. I'm really glad of so much development is happening right now on EOS. Yeah. What are you guys uh, working on at EOS Tribe? It sounds like you're working on the wallet, like an Apple-style wallet. Uh, what, is that the main focus right now, or what else you have going on? So we, yeah, we are trying to push it out to Apple Store. It's a challenge, to say at least, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to push it through. So we had, we had Apple had us to jump hoops, but you know, uh, hopefully by end of this month we will get listed. We are already started working on an Android version for the wallet. Uh, we are developing. Uh, we have Elasticsearch clusters that we support that has entire history and you know from every single transaction that have happened on EOS blockchain from day one. And we have a full index 
We provide history API, both V2 and V2, uh, V1 and V2, there are two versions now. And it's not just for EOS, we also support verbally history, uh, telos and both, and we'll probably support more down the road. Uh, we are building a search engine, like uh, um, kind of like a Google. It's effectively a free text search over entire US history. So we will be announcing it uh, shortly. It's, you know, development is ongoing. Uh, another project that we are working on is uh, financial reporting for taxes. That's kind of you know, very important as well. So you, using a history, uh, transaction history, you can generate for a given account, basically all the in incoming and outgoing transactions and you can do a financial statement for a, a, you know, a time period, like a year or a quarter of what your basically income is, right? And EOS and match it to a market price. So we're working on that, on, on, on that as well. And the biggest project of all um, that we are working on is a, a key management solution. Mm -hmm. key. And, you know, we are working, with, we are collaborating with one uh, security company uh, that is based in Israel that, you know, has a solution for um, private key fragmentation uh, and, and encryption. So we are kind of in the early stages of that, but that's probably our biggest project. That's uh, that, that key management is, is huge. I, I can't wait for that. That'll be, you know, that'll make a lot of people rest easy for sure. And that's one of the big hurdles to adoption right now, as, as everyone knows. Um, you talked about the, the search engine so that you could search the text on the blockchain. Um, what is a, what's a really common use case or what do you think people use that for? So I personally used it to find when I did the research for all that fake TELUS transactions, right? Mm -hmm. I just did a free text search over um, Elastic uh, Cluster to find all the transactions that have say, they have sent um, and, and find all the recipients and then collect them in a list and then, you know, contact them and let them know that this is a scam and you should not, you know, follow the link. Um, and there are many use cases. So you can basically effectively search over memo field for, and do different research. So what'd you search in the memo field? You just searched the keywords from the memo they were sending out? You can search for uh, keywords, you know, you can, you can, you can do your research. Um, you can search for whatever you like, you know. Or if you were trying to remember, uh, you know, something that if, so if, if I'm sent a transaction to my cousin, let's say for his, you know, for a, a gift or something, and I put in there, you know, gift for, for your birthday or something, then, you know, a few years down the road, I could search gift or something within my memos and go back and maybe find that transaction. Yeah. Yeah. And down the road, we can, you know, we can su even support like hashtags Mm -hmm. kind of like a Twitter type and set up alerts or maybe on different dubs when they make announcements or, you know, you can follow on updates. There are lots of applications where we could use it and we have a data available. So we're just trying to make the best use of it. Interesting. Make it for community as well. 
Yeah, there's so many little tools like that that people don't realize how important they are. And but when they start using them, they just become second nature. And it's like they, you know, there's but there's so many little parts like that that are being built that people don't even realize need to be built. But uh, <laughs> everything yeah. needs. To be built. Yeah, yeah. So we our approach is very simple, right? We don't want to build another block uh, explorer. We have very good ones already and several to choose from. We just want to build something very simple like Google, you know, one field, free text search, you know, kind of like I feel lucky button and <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's cool. And in the tax reporting, um, that's, that's cool too, because that is so, that's so time consuming. I mean, talk about like taking a load off people's plate, uh, you know, having to look at all the ins and outs. I mean, uh, a lot of people just end up guessing because they're like, they just, that don't want to deal with the transactions. They say, okay, you know, <laughs> so. I I will tell you that, you know, have been completed my our own taxes. It, it was a challenge, right? It was very challenging and time consuming uh, to do it manually. I cannot imagine for somebody like a dog who receives thousands of transactions every day, going back full year, and reporting all of those, uh, would it be, you know, whatever application uh, would it be? It's, 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 it's a challenge. So, and there is a real demand. There's mm-hmm. a real demand. And if you get it, and if you get it wrong, trust me, over time, the government and IRS, they will catch up with you because that information is public. Mm-hmm. They will figure out a way to capture it analyze it, generate their own reports. And if your report does not match with theirs, you know, they're still playing a catch up, but eventually they will. Um, And it's better to be, you know, more precise and give them less less chances, uh, less reasons to go after you, right? Nobody likes all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, yeah, that's another thing that you want to be on the front end of because you imagine, you know, five years down the road um, when the when this has all been around and it's more common and they know how to search it, like you're saying, it's really easy to go back, run it through a run it through a search, and then come, uh, you know, ask you for your for your records. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, one thing that you mentioned when we were talking about security was was multi-sig. Is multi-sig something that, um, wh- where would you suggest using multi-sig or when? So multi-sig is great for DOPS. When you have a distributed app and you have an account control in it, you ideally want to have a, a multi-sig, a multi-parties control in it so that update is not, you know, not, not straightforward. Um, I would not recommend multi-sig for uh, uh, just regular token holders. It's much more challenging to control and it involves multiple parties, right? It depends on use case, but effectively when you have a multi-sig of three, five or more keys, it takes a majority and you can specify it, um, how many you need to execute a transaction. Um, so all of those parties have to sign transaction before it is, takes effect. Um, that's what multi-sig is. There are very few tools available uh, besides just core Cleos um, for just you know, that are user-friendly. 
so it's it's it still remains to be very technically you know um, challenging not challenging it's it's just technically involved uh, that I would not recommend for regular token holders uh, just following basic security owner active private key maybe even going as far as setting uh, keys for particular actions you know um, would be a good security if you are just the one person controlling one account but a multi-seek is more like for businesses great so we talked about a lot as far as the security goes is there any other um hacks that have happened that people should be aware of is there any other security measures they should be taking or anything we kind of uh, didn't dig into as far as security goes just uh you know advice to token holders just stay vigilant you know um really be careful with your private key uh never provide it sometimes it becomes tempting especially when they hand like a you know Kind of like a gift they give you, I value, you know. So it, it's like fighting inside greed versus uh, co being cautious. Mm -hmm. That's the end goal is to entice you into taking the risk for a hope that you get value for taking the risk. But what happens is that you actually lose rather than gain value. So mm -hmm. just being careful and vigilant following best practices uh, when it comes to security and key management should keep you far away from danger or risk of losing your funds. Yeah. And, and for me, uh, for people listening, what I do that helps me kind of get over that, uh, I, I never put my private key for my main account in anything. That's just, that's its own thing. Uh, and then I have a, you know, my account, my human readable account, Mr. Happy Money that I use just, to, to play daps and experiment. There's just, you know, only a little bit of EOS in there uh, amount that I would, you know, wouldn't want to lose, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't die if I lost it, <laughs> you know? So then I go, so that kind of, it kind of fills that, that psychological need for me to um, experiment and, you know, try to gain rewards and, and play with the EOS blockchain pretty freely with, with not too much at risk. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, it's, I kind of have Mr. Happy Run Money is a little bit more, uh, I'm, I'm still really careful with it, but, uh, not as careful as I am with my main account. So, um, if you have that need to play with a blockchain, make sure you're doing it with like a, uh, account that you don't mind, you know, that you don't mind risking. Uh, that's what I would say for sure. Um, the, so we've, we've hammered security. Let's, let's talk about, uh, June. What do you think? What do you think block one's got coming for us in June? What's your, what's your block one prediction? Yeah, it's it's really all speculation at this point. And actually, you know, I talked to um, a really good guy at Block One that I know personally, and I was trying to kind of pull that information out of him. He would not uh, he would not give it away. Uh, he promised it's going to be good, but my personal um, speculation again, take it as that. You know, it's just a guess. It may has something to do with Apple based on rumors, you know, maybe some partnership um, remains to be seen. Um, I think it's gonna be a big announcement. Nobody knows. My guess, 
maybe something related to Apple. Cool. That will, you know, have a positive impact on EOS value, I believe. Mm-hmm. But it's only speculation, so take it as that. Well, that's a, that, is a, that is a nice tame speculation. I've asked that question a lot, and I ask it to people all over. I've heard um, speculation going as far as uh, they are going to um, – attach the attach eos to the us dollar so <laughs> so i've you know i've heard everything from from the the tame to the wild as far as people's guesses so um i yeah. actually don't like that idea of eos being attached to us dollar value i would rather eos grow in value you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean the yeah the, I think people get pretty ambitious with their their want to end the Fed, so they they're looking for <laughs> they're looking for angles. Um, this has been this is fun, and uh, I appreciate you coming on again, Eugene. And it's good for people to hear about security. It's good for people just to to continue to get it, um, you know, repeated the different ways to to stay secure because that's the most important thing we can do right now. It, it is the wild west. It's getting a little bit more more gentle out there, but uh, it is still a really rough and tumble uh, cryptocurrency environment and people will take your money and not feel bad about it at all. Uh, yeah. So, so stick out, you know, you do, do the, do the work on the front end. Um, on my end, I have Mr. Happy Money Proxy. It is a proxy that I vote for block producers. I vote for EOS tribe. Um, I vote for producers that are transparent, um, empowering the community and helping build together uh, with the community. So, um, EOS Tribe is one of the block producers I vote for. If you're looking for somewhere to proxy, Mr. Happy Money is a good spot for you. Um, the EOS podcast is also a podcast, not just YouTube show. So uh, hopefully people are listening to this. And um, if you're just watching, then get on the podcast and you can watch on your drive to work. So um, yeah, any final thoughts for us, Eugene? Just a last uh, note for those who are interested to try out you know, our wallet. It's available for free on Apple Test Flight. Cool. So- you know, it is available now so that you can download. The name is Keybisis. It's K-I-B-I-S-I-S. The name is actually stands for Greek. It's a Greek for a pouch or a wallet. Oh, cool. The Greek hero used it to put a um, Medusa Gargona hat when, you know, he cut it off into a pouch. And it was called Keybisis. And so we use that name uh, for the wallet. So it is available on test flight. Go check it out. Uh, let us know, you know, if you find any bugs. It's a, it's a new product. Uh, we'll be, you know, glad to hear, and we'll take that opportunity to fix any issues. But um, we are excited about it. Hopefully, it's coming out later this month on Apple Store, and will be available for download. Killer. So Kibisis. You said K I B I S I S. Yes. Kibisis. All right. And we'll put a link to that. Um, so if people want to do test flight in Apple, they can go. People can test it out. They can test the app out, you're yeah, saying? They can download it today Fantastic. and test it out. Yep. Cool. We'll put a link because um, that sounds that sounds great. That's perfect. And then we'll, uh, we'll get an update back to people when the Android version comes out also. So. Um, well, thanks for everything you're doing, Eugene. Again, it's fantastic to have you on again. And um, that's the show, my EOS friends. Cheers. Thank you. The money is not the prime asset in life. Time is, and uh, your time is. Just-